0: Yo, what's up? It's Adam Sherman, the bandit. We brainstorming
1: with Doma everybody, this is Prodigy from the infamous mall. Yo, what's up? This is Mark in my hill. We out here brainstorming. with one of the biggest brains in this city. Brother Doma Peace, peace. This is Merck Complex Studios. Right now, brainstorming with Doma This is Drew from Instrumental.
2: Relax your mind. Let your conscience be free. Rap mind is hip-hop. Brainstorming with the homie Doma T. Peace.
0: Uh, I guess guest is Drew from Instrumental the author of Rap Miner's Lives Equals Hip Hop the author actually of the FBI Kill Fred Hampton or is it the Chicago, Chicago Police, Police.
2: That's, yeah you, you give them props to the to the copycats to man. the copycats I look at writers, dope style takers yeah
0: get right into it, man. Alright, so so what brought this about? Actually, for months, I've been wanting to get a chance to chop it up with you because oftentimes your commentary on social media is right in step with what we were talking about in my previous gig at W V O N. And so I'm like, yo, did you are you listening right now? And I remember inboxing you that. <laughs> right, yeah. right, yeah, 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 yeah. he was like, nah, nah, I was just this was just on my mind. And it was right in step with what we're talking about. And so your 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 messages on your t shirts often are in step with what's happening culturally. First of all, how did that even come about as an aim for the messages that you put on those tees, man?
2: Well, uh, first of all, man, uh, definitely, you know, much appreciation for the complimentary communication and and for the invite to be a part of the the, the podcast, uh, you know, to speak on issues such as these. So uh, name is Drew. The company is Instrumental. Uh, Replace the I with an E uh, coming up on 10 years of the company and also rap minus lies equals hip hop, which is uh, a phraseology that uh, I own. Um, 22 Twenty three season assists let us since stand but we'll get into that in a minute. Mm. But um, honestly, you know, in, in starting a company, I've, I've always, um, I've always wanted to be able to express myself in different ways I, from an early age. I'm like, yo, it's uh, you know, this world is filled with too many followers, um, you know, uh, and, and so I wanted to, you know, when I had the monetary means, be able to express myself in a different way from a, a, a clothing standpoint, and you know, I wanted also wanted to the the, the, the material output uh to to be of substance if you will and so that's where the, the the you know that's what the message is so you know as individuals uh, you know we need to um you know we need to possess uh you know some sort of meaningful substance or or content uh, amongst ourselves as as far as what we express um you know our conversation so forth and so on but i think if you can also uh, show that or disseminate that expression via what you wear uh, i think that kind of amplifies the message so uh, you know, so it was that, and you know, I just got tired of uh, seeing individuals, you know, put you know Malcolm X on a shirt or Harriet Tubman on a shirt or Rosa Parks on a shirt, and and not really mean that. I mean, you know, kind of speaking to culture vultures in a sense, and so where you were just putting, you know, our heroes and icons on the shirt, it's like, yo, you don't even, you don't, you. That's not what you embrace. Uh, so you're just doing it, you know, just to kind of uh and uh receive some sort of you know popularity. And whatnot, so I I didn't take that too too well. So, you know, so out of that upbringing, you know, the revolutionary elements, uh, hip hop elements, uh, you know, in which I was fully engaged, came the the shirts and and the messages and what have you.
0: That's what's up. And so, uh, one of the most popular ones, of course, was Chicago Police Kill Fred Hampton. Um, How did that shirt even come about, man? The idea from that from
2: that shirt. When did you put that out? Because a lot of these 2010. Okay, because I was going to say a lot of these
0: ideas feel like they've been out for a long time.
2: Right. Um so I started the brand, appreciate the question. I started the brand in 07. That shirt came out in in 2010. Um you know, coming up you know, my mother used to always tell me, uh, my mother went, went to Illinois State and she started the the Black Student Union down there. So she was always uh, you know, kind of amongst the rebels, my father, who I don't have the best relationship with, um, um was like a bodyguard for Milana Karenga, the founder of Kwanzaa in 1966. I had an uncle that got killed in the Watts riots, uh, down, with, you know, that were down with the Black Panthers. Um, I had a cousin who almost got caught up in the 92 riots. He was actually out there, uh, when they were beating, um, Reginald Denny. Was is that his name? I, you know, the, the guy in the truck. So, uh, he got, yeah, the guy in the truck. So he was out there, he didn't get caught, but, um, I kind of told on him, low-key. Well, y'all, y'all don't know his name. So anyway, I, you know, I kind of came out of that element. And so, you know, Fred Hampton, um, I learned about him early from, from my mother. And I'm like, yo, he was 19 when he started? You know, uh, you know, MLK was 18, 19. Michael Mess was you know, 18, 19 when he started. And, you know, I'm like, yo, he was, but he was 21 when he died. And so when I read about all that he had accomplished in that short period of time in his life, and so... And then once I read that, you know, the the FBI, along with the um, uh, really the Chicago Police Department, took the brother out, you know, on the west side of Chicago, a city where I'm from, um, um, I was, you know, kind of fascinated by that in a sense. And so I wanted to do a shirt to say, no, the Chicago Police Department killed Fred Hampton because, you know, we, it's, it's been a lot of uproar in the past two three years about police killings and rightfully so but you know they've been taking people out for for a long time um and so i wanted to do a shirt to speak that truth but then to also make individuals aware of who chairman fred hampton was and so i wanted to use it as an educational piece in that sense so that's why i put it out uh, and actually if you go to my website like i just don't put out shirts for shock value to sell like the total breakdown of his life and in particular the assassination, which is what it was, was on the site. I mean, people are like, well, why didn't you put assassinators on the shirt? Okay, killed, murdered, assassinated. This, You know, they they still took him out unfairly. And, and also Mark Clark died as well. He doesn't get talked about enough, um, you know, with the, with the FBI agent brother by the name of O'Neal. Now, now I'm not going to call him a brother, but O'Neal was his last name. Set, you know, set that whole thing set up the whole thing with, with Chicago Police Department, the FBI, Hoover, and you know. Yeah, he pretended that,
0: to be a member of the Black Panther Party. Right, right,
2: right. and he infiltrated, um, yeah. And, and, and you know, I break down the whole story on the site. So that's actually how that shirt came about. Um, the crazy thing is it was in uh, Leaders um, when, when the shirt first came out. And actually the first two people who, well, the first person who bought the shirt was the mailman. The, the second and third person were actually Chicago police officers who came into the store and, and bought the shirt. Um but that, you know, that was kind of the good part of it. I mean, I, I have received, you know, like with the uh, the Revenge of Emmett Till, I received hate mail from, from white supremacist groups uh, about that shirt. Chicago Police of Barma Kill, Fran Hampton, I've had conversations with police about the shirt as well. So, um, so that's essentially, you know, how that, how that came about.
0: I pull the camera out as soon as he finishes the sentence. He's like, so yeah, okay. that's what happened. Yeah, <laughs> but nah. So, I mean, it's it's kind of funny that you get that type of feedback because it's
2: a fact Like this is not something yes. That we You know It's, yeah. not, it's not a theory When like, I'm talking to police, when I'm like yo It's a fact Like so you gonna dispute it Like you know So yeah. Right, and
0: so why why this came back to the forefront is if you guys are fans of insecure, Issa Rae had the shirt on. I think it even started the show. Uh, she was riding on the bus. She had a hoodie on. It didn't say the Chicago Police killed Fred Hampton, but it said the FBI killed Fred Hampton. People screenshotted it, and it, it went crazy, crazy, um, yeah. crazy online. And um, and then I actually didn't put put the, the the pieces together until I saw Instrumentals post online. I just call you by your your, your clothing brand name. That's, nah, that's cool. That's cool. Then cool. cool. I seen the instrumental <laughs> post online, and it said, "Yo, um." That this is my, this is my quote. What what was the message you said essentially in that long post on uh, on Instagram?
2: <laughs> yeah, it was long. I, I think I went as long as you could possibly go on Instagram, <laughs> and you know, talking about I'm gonna be you know short and concise. But I wanted to make all points. I actually made ten different points, and in short, it was speaking. You know, I've dealt with copycats with the brand from a long time, like with rap minus lives equals hip hop. I've owned that phrase since the year 2008, uh, and, and I mentioned earlier, I've sent out what my lawyer sent out. Uh, 22 23 cease and desist letters just on rap minus lies equals hip hop um, and that's just from people online i mean i have people different people hit me you know i saw it at this fest i saw it philly here and i mean i can't really go after them from a, a legal or intellectual property rights standpoint also with the always Remembrance shirt that i created in 2007 i've seen a, a various uh, kind of renditions of that shirt recently saw Calvin kaepernick a join i was like yo i created that style and so i've never ever called anybody out on social media before for, for jack and a copy of my style whatever phrase y'all that you want to use but when i saw this um i've actually watched insecure i, I was doing something so i didn't watch that episode and my phone blew up like yo wait is this your shirt and i'm like well what are you talking about and somebody um actually took a uh, iphone pic of the shirt and sent it to me so i'm like "Yo," so i go on to google to see, wait, who, it, I mean, at the, the first reaction was like, ain't this, ain't this some shit, <laughs> like, yo, but uh, here we go again, and so I went on Google to see what brand put out the shirt, I couldn't find anything, this was Sunday night, like 10, 10, 30, 11, I couldn't find a brand who did the shirt, and I'm like, okay, where did she, you know, get this from? So the next day uh, Maybe later on Monday I went to Google and I saw like Five, six companies the Companies like Zazzle.com, they'll just take any Slogan and, and put on the shirt, sell it for For cheap, but I'm like no What company made the shirt So uh, Friday One of my people sent me and was like Yo, I think I found who, who Made the shirt, because I wasn't, again, I wasn't going to say Anything about it, because I don't like to uh, uh, Give recognition to, to the copycat, if you will and uh, sometimes, you know, maybe I'm being too nice I kind of take the high road So, but I, you know, I pretty much, uh, you know, called the individual I didn't I didn't put his name in a post per se But I knew who, who jacked it And it was a brother from LA And I'm like, yo, so you pretty much took the same concept Of the, you know, and just replaced Took out the Chicago Police Department And put the FBI So, you know, I was kind of uh, you know, I spoke to the fact of it not being an original idea or an, an original concept, and so you reached out to and him and told him this. Nah, nah. Oh, okay, no, no, someone you know, my people's added him on the post, so he knows, and right. yeah, he still hadn't said anything. And it's like, yo, if you were righteous, you would have said something like, no, nah, this was an original concept. So I called him out, um, uh, uh, about it, and I knew it wasn't Issa Rae like people thought that I was coming at Issa Rae. and I'm like, yo, did you read the post? I, I wasn't coming at her, I was just saying, somebody you know, kind of please let her know this is my, my, my concept and whatnot. And I spoke to having my ideas and, uh, uh, and and concepts jacked in the past. And so it was disheartening, um, in a sense, but, you know, got a lot of commentary on that. You know, people again, begin to text me, call me, uh, yo, you wilding, or, you know, I'm, I'm glad you put that out. I'm glad you called it out because I, I had found out who the costume, her costume designer was prior to, um, uh, prior to the post, but again, I didn't want to, you know, put her name in it. I didn't want to put the guy's name in it. So I went to his page, and what he pretty much said was, "This was, this was." I haven't listened to the song, but he's, uh, I guess, he's from L.A. I thought he might have been from Atlanta. I guess he's from L.A. He said, "I put it in the song, uh, and I just did it as a custom shirt, and like somehow he gave it to the costume designer who is also in L.A. She went to FAMU. I went to FAMU, and um, and." He didn't. So he didn't have a brand. It wasn't anything that he had put out. Not and what I think. He didn't put it out because yo, you knew you had got the concept for me, and so, um, he uh, but he actually set up a big cartel site because, like, you you know, it went viral. It was, you know, it's crazy. Twitter.
1: He'd be Instagram, silly not to whatnot. find a way to profit. Off so of
2: it. he, yeah, so so nice profit, profiting um off of you know my concept mm. in a sense, which which is insane and, and asinine all in one. So, uh, man, about three hours later, after all this, um, Issa Rae, I, I'm checking my, you know, DM, and Issa Rae actually sends me a DM. I'm like, okay. oh, and uh, she, you know, she apologized. Um, you know, uh, uh, you know, she was like, I hope, you know, this is not a fraudulent situation, and I'm like, kind of, yo, it is. And I, I didn't come at her on that. I was like, yo, one, I appreciate you reaching out. I'm humbled by the fact that you reached out. Number two, I respect what you do as a as a black woman. I'm a fan of the show. Right. Um, so this is in no way An indictment or a criticism Of you or insecure the show but no that's my concept So she was like well maybe you know I'll put you In contact with a costume designer maybe you could chop It up or build with the guy No 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 no. I'm not <laughs> trying to chop and I didn't Tell her this but in my mind I'm like I'm, I'm not Chopping it up so You know I'm gonna send um, you know I'll, I'll Be speaking with the costume designer soon And I'll, I'll be sending a, a gift package out uh, to them and a lot of people, like, well, you can be on season three of Insecure, and it's like, Yeah, that that's cool. That you know, that would be an honor uh, to to have my piece on it. It's rare somebody on the show, but I would actually like to kind of build with her on a more uh, constructive or productive or intimate level by by bringing her out here to, to do something um, uh, for Chicago and for the community, for the kids, and, and more particularly the black women that look up to her, you know, for what she's doing with Insecure and awkward black girl and things of that nature. That's a big deal.
0: Uh, you, you talked about, I guess, not not even, not being enamored with the limelight like that might come from just having your sh- your stuff featured on the show, like, and, but you've had celebrities rock your joints before, like, even with uh, Lupe, actually, the picture right, that you used pic, in the post yeah, the, was of Lupe rocking it. Yeah, rocking yeah, that was, joint. and
2: that was, like, 2011, yeah, um. Yeah, yeah, so you that joint on So the pick and I I mean it was, you know, I, I purposely Well it lent legitimacy to, to what you were saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I purposely used that pick as a side by side Right. Oh, uh, you know, comparison. But the question so I was
0: going to ask is: y- your partnership with Lupe spans beyond him just rocking your clothes or being somewhat of a brand ambassador for you. You guys have some other things in the work. Talk about that a little bit about what it means to make bigger partnerships beyond just having this person is clouded up, so to speak, <laughs> rocking your joints.
2: Right. So, you know, I, I kind of speak to the future and then speak to the past. Um, you know, from the home with Lupe. I, I've known Lupe for over ten years. I'm talking about before Kick Push back in the mixtape days. Um, uh, Revenge of the Nerds, and what I don't, I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm,
0: um, back when we was on uh, WIT eight eight point nine, right, right, show, right,
2: yeah. yeah. Uh, raw Young Lupe, Young Lu, and so uh, we're we're doing an event. Um, um, we're still trying to kind of iron out the details, and I would with you know me Lupe, um, a lady by the name of Gillis uh, Black on on IG. We talked about earlier. We're gonna do an event where we're focused on um, solutions. I don't think there's enough symposiums or or discussions that we have uh, where we just focus on solutions and we're going to set it up debate style. Uh, and so, you know, everything is in a mix. And I actually got a meeting um, and it, it'll be in conjunction with Black Creatives, um, uh, who's the uh, owner of Black Creatives is Melissa Kimball, a uh, friend of both of ours. So we're going to collab on doing that. So hopefully I can, uh, you know, I can bring out Issa Rae to do something. Uh, along those lines, or something with that. So, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm gonna send him a gift package as well. And so, that's what I have in the future. But no, me and Lupe go uh, way back, man. I'm talking about before food and liquor drop, um, before kick, push, all of that. And so, we've been homies for uh, a long time. So, right when he kind of started, uh, um, you know, it's when I started the clothing line. I think food and liquor was 2007. So, um, but yeah, he's. I mean, he's hosted, uh, you know, uh, or moderated the Revenge of Emmett Till, uh screening and whatnot, which is a film I released in 2015. Um, now, is that
0: a film or a documentary, and what is it? Because I haven't had a chance a to see the Revenge of Emmett Till, because it's, it's super under wraps. Like you got to have a, a, a Soho membership. <laughs> uh, you gotta, you gotta be. No, nah, not. No, nah, I just so, have. Actually, I have been invited to the screenings. I just never had a chance to come. So, but yeah, how, how does it? Uh, so. So real quick, um,
2: I feel like I'm being too long-winded. I apologize, but I, I wrote. No, this is about you.
0: What okay, you, I, yeah. I wrote
2: and directed a film called "The Revenge of Emmett Till." Uh, Emmett Till, um, you know, I it was 2015. I, I was I'm surprised by how many um, uh, uh, Negroes, by African Americans, weren't aware of the Emmett Till story. Which is insane, especially from Chicago. I'm like, yo, y'all do realize anyway. So, um, you know, his family is still here. So Matt was a 14-year-old uh black boy who was in Chicago with his mother, Mamie Till Mobley. Um, his cousins came to visit him in Chicago in uh in, in nineteen fifty-five in August. He wanted to then go back to Mississippi with him, so he begged his mother to go. She had a bit of trepidation. Make a long story short, he went down there. Um, I don't necessarily want to give the movie or the story away, but you know they they they, you know took him out. um, Give it away. They should know the story. They should know the story. So, (laughs) so if they're listening to this podcast, he got okay. So he got down there real quick. He got down there August twenty fourth. Um, it's like three or four of his cousins down there, and um, you know they did what boys did. uh, You know, was fourteen. But anyway, they end up going to a grocery store, uh, Bryant Grocery Store and um, owned by the husband of Carolyn Bryan who we who, he would later have the interaction with so um, they went to uh, the store a few of the boys went into the store purchased some items uh, Emmett Till went into the store he had a stuttering problem um, uh, which a lot of people didn't know which I this actually I did didn't know I no, interviewed yeah. his cousin he had a stuttering problem so he whistled kind of like as a greeting or you know as of saying hello and what have you and so in, in my this information, I, I actually interviewed his his cousin Simeon right now, I'll get to that uh any minute, but he actually whistled at the white woman, which you weren't supposed to do in Mississippi. and uh, so I, cause obviously you had racism in Chicago, but it was a bit more severe in Mississippi. And so she took offense and ended up telling uh her husband and half brother. So uh, her husband being Roy Bryant and the half brother being J. W. Milam. Um and so uh, I was always under the impression that one. I never knew what happened in, in in the store, but that was that was it. As she was leaving, he just whistled at her, and so uh, I was under. Um, I, I didn't know what was said, but I got the full story.
0: Yeah, you 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 didn't fully believe that he ever ever even whistled at her, did you? Um,
2: uh, I didn't. I didn't know what happened. Um right. You know, he he didn't say you know anything to her. You know, she, I mean, it's since come out that she she lied about what happened, but he went into the store. I think they got some candy. And uh, and I'm hearing this firsthand from from the cousin, this cousin who was there, Simeon Wright, and I will talk about that because the woman
0: has since apologized. Uh, what was it? Was it last uh, year? Or something? She's eighty something years old. She said she lied. She said yeah, she admitted that then. that yeah. she lied.
2: But if you you know if you can't figure out that she lied, I mean that's that was the excuse to lynch negroes back then. Yeah, they yep. would just say, oh, you talked to. That's what happened with the Rosewood situation, they right? You know a lot of it. so um so it wasn't news to me. I mean, I was shocked that she actually admitted it, but right. it's like yo, y'all shocked that she. I remember you know it was that went viral like y'all shocked that she actually lied about it like no we know she lied and so uh, But I think he, that's
0: the thing I, I hate to keep cutting you off but mm-hmm.
2: as as he's telling the story so
0: many thoughts are coming out to me about we're talking before this podcast started about LeVar Ball's dad right, and about how his method and how abrasive he is can be a turn off to a lot of people including black people who don't support him because they're like he's vulgar he's stunting the growth of his son etc cetera, etc cetera. and so it, there's so many black people that are often surprised at like Yo, she really admitted it. She really lied. She really. A lot of us, because we've, especially if we've grown up in westernized education, we've been taught to distrust black facts. We just we've been taught to dis discredit black scholars, or you know, to look at everything that black people do with the jaundiced eye. So it's it's imperative that you do this movie because, I mean, like you said, people don't even know the story. If they know it, they're like, "Well, you shouldn't have went down there and whistled at the woman." Like we have so many people in our culture that have been so that have so assimilated that they don't even realize like the gravity of what happened. You know. Yeah. yeah, but yeah,
2: and I—that's and I, a good point. I, I, I appreciate, it. and that you know, that was kind of one of the main reasons for telling the the, the story um, for for Mattheo was to to actually just get let's set the record let's set the record straight, and so it's told through the eyes of of Simeon Wright, his cousin, and, and I'll get to that in a minute. So he whistled as the white lady left the store, and the boys, his cousins, being from Mississippi, were all kind of <gasps> and. Emmett seeing their reaction he got scared so they you know all hopped in the car and went back home and so uh Emmett you know begged them not to tell their father who was his uncle Mose right and so uh, because for fear that if he told then he would have to go back home which you know was just kind of crazy in a sense so uh, I think that was might have been a Thursday. He got down that Wednesday. That was a Thursday. Thursday, nothing happened. Friday, nothing happened. Saturday, uh, as he puts, they have forgot all about it. What happened was the two white guys were on a fishing trip, so they didn't immediately. I mean, obviously, they didn't have cell phones back in the day, so she didn't call her husband like, yo, this is what happened. Um, but when he got, uh, you know, upon returning, you know, Roy Bryan and J.W. Milam got back and uh, they went looking for for Emmett. Um, you know: 233 in the morning came uh got him went you know went into the house they actually tried to sneak Emmett out the back but again he was you know he was sleek kind of discombobulated but the mother actually tried to uh, sneak him out the back uh, most right they pleaded for his life obviously uh there, there's also a story that they offered money I'm not I'm not sure about that like I didn't put that in the film uh, but they tried to sneak out the back but they eventually came to the room and Simeon right in the movie tells when I opened my eyes I saw these two white guys. Uh, and that's actually how the movie started. And so he saw, you know, said he saw the white two white guys. One of them had a gun, the other one had a flashlight. Told him to get up. Made Emmett put his clothes on. Walked him out the door. And he says, "I never saw him alive again." That's actually how the movie, the Revenge of Mattel, starts. And so subsequently, um, just d- destroyed him. Um, uh, shot him through the head. Uh, actually, so that that uh, in in Jet magazine when they showed that photo, like that was actually worse than that. Emmett's mother was like, "No, just leave it how it is." When they, you know, when they pulled him from the Tallahatchie River, she was like, "No, just leave it as is." But when they brought the body back to Chicago, which is a whole ordeal within itself, because it wasn't supposed to come back to Chicago. So she, I mean, her 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 bravery and uh and courage and and, and not only that, but you know Fannie Lou Hamer helping out Merkin Evers was essential in that. He doesn't give enough credit, nor does Fannie Lou Hamer. And so, um, his um, his left eye socket was hanging on his cheek, so they they fixed that. His tongue was um swollen, that was hanging from the mouth, so you don't see that in the the, the photo and whatnot. So it was it, the photo was even more gruesome, but. The uh, the guy at the funeral parlor was like, no, I, I kind of need to do something. But even you know, even when you see the pictures, just super duper grotesque, you know, head three four times the size. It was absolutely insane. So anyway, the movie talks about that in the eyewitness account of Simeon Wright. Not necessarily want to be too long with it, but it takes it from uh, Emmett coming down there, the store scene, then the kidnapping, the murder, then finding him, the trial, which is absolute farce them being fine, not guilty, not guilty. And then them having to kind of get out of Dodge for lack of a better phraseology. And so that's what it focused on. And then the revenge component, uh, revenge, not in the literal sense, but in the metaphorical sense being the invisible and visible struggle for injustice. And, And so that's kind of the breakdown. The first, so I gave you kind of the second and third parts. The first part is me, uh, you know, my grandparents came from Mississippi, not just Mississippi. So it talks about the black migration from Mississippi to uh chicago my you know my my parents um uh from inglewood and i'm from inglewood they were the first black family on the block so i'll talk about that story them needing 24-hour police surveillance because whites used to chase them on motorcycles uh as they went to school Threw a rock through the window the police had to sit in the vestibule it was absolutely insane uh so it's a lot to it uh for those who haven't seen it i, I don't want to give it a, 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 all the way away um but you know, his interviews with Lupe Fiasco. He he was uh he helped out with the film and also Hebrew Brantley, who was responsible for the art for the film or of the Revenge Emmett Till. The art is actually based on a movie called JD's Revenge, uh, which is starring Glenn Terman Glenn Terman. He was on um what's he on? He was on Cooley High. Uh he was on um uh Different World. Taking it back. He's he's done some recent work, but Glenn Terman. So uh, it was based on a, a movie called J.D.'s uh, Revenge, a exploitation piece. And so you had the, the, the art, you know, associated with the film as well. But since then, uh, so, you know, the film came out on the 60th anniversary of uh, Emmett's death uh, in 2015. And, and that was on purpose. We kind of rushed it somewhat. So we, we kind of went back and made some tweaks. Uh, Are you happy with submitted- the finished product at this point? You say
0: what? Well, Are you happy with the finished product at this point?
2: I am. I am. I mean, obviously, you know, I funded the film by myself. Um, I didn't do like a GoFundMe or anything like that. I funded it by myself. Yes, and uh, it, it, We we would kind of talk about, you know, earlier people like, oh, you'd ought to do this. You I mean, the film is 35 minutes. I wish I could do a full feature uh, on the film. Um, cause somebody, you know, it's like, yo, but you know, Jordan Peele did Get Out and it's like, yeah, but that cost $7 million to make. No, it takes money to make these films, y'all. So you know I said on social media a while back the stories we could tell if only we had the the means or you know the money to do so so um you know submitted is it was accepted to like seven eight film festivals uh, so far you asked about is it available it's not available yet because one we couldn't submit it while in the process of um, or one, we couldn't make it available to the public in the process of submitting it to film festivals and number two, um, we're working with some investors to see if we can do a, a, a feature piece, um, secure the funds for that, and put it out. But I, again, whether that be a Netflix type situation, which we also been looking at, I've been looking at that for the film because I definitely want. I get I get that question just about every week. When is it going to be made public? So,
0: so what is your biggest biggest challenge? And this question is to Merck. Merck has been soaking up the uh, the knowledge and the, and the stories too. But I, I want to hear this from both of y'all because I think. All three of us are similar in that we got our hands in a lot of pots and when you're creative it makes sense to you you know what it is that you do. But you, you run a clothing line, you have a day job that's totally different and then you also are a filmmaker. And then you know Merck dabbles in artist management, brand management, he has a space, uh, Complex 2010 that we're in right now, that's a music studio, but it's also a photography studio. And uh, I'm trying to make it into a co-working space. Don't none of y'all steal my idea. We gonna... <laughs> but those are talks we haven't outlined. Uh, Offline, but um, I swing the question to Merck first. What what is the most difficult part about kind of wearing these different hats, or do you even feel like you're wearing different hats? No.
1: um, I guess this is there's a certain like structure we taught. You know, um, a term I hear you use often is um, was it um, Western civilization? Yeah, in regards to how we learn and how we do things. Um, as as you know, Americans as Black people in America in Chicago in like the structure of how there's a routine to do things and this idea that you have to you know fill one lane, and um we spent our whole lives learning you know pretty much being trained to be employees, and then once you get you know a dose of real life and if you have the guts to, you spend another you know five, ten, maybe twenty, thirty years trying to you know digress and and, and find your way in a, in, a, in a free thought space or ride the line or play both sides of the fence and, and do all of those things and um me personally man i um I feel like I've been blessed with uh blessed with a, a lack of formal education and and that that's what kind of helped me you know what I'm saying I think I got the skill set and um the know or the wherewithal to s- succeed in some you know more structured scenarios, but I ain't had the credentials, so right. it kind of forced me into the streets and I had to put them skills to use on the streets so like and when you're in the streets' is is really just like being opportunistic. You know what I mean? So the idea of like one thing, like it's 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 kind of like the DVD man. Like I don't just got dramas; I got whatever you're asking for. Right. You know what right, I'm saying? Matter of right. fact, I got DVDs. You want to burn some DVDs? I got a burner. Right, I got You know right, what I mean? Right. Whatever you' trying to do. So we um the the I'm 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 far removed from the idea of um you know wearing one hat like you know it's it's um and you see that in all the fields. You know what I mean? Whether it be you know, clothing, or just we all essentially are, 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 you know, young black entrepreneurs, and we, you know, trying to figure out ways to not only monetize our art, but, you know, um, feed our souls and feed our creativity. And, and sometimes that itch is different, you know what I'm saying? And it varies by the day. It may be clothing one day, maybe music the next, maybe, you know, a jerk truck, maybe an ice cream truck, and maybe right. You know, a shoe parlor. It can be anything. You but know what but I'm yeah,
0: but when they're not black, we call them serial entrepreneurs. Right. But when they're you know black, what I'm they're like, He's got to be <laughs> doing everything, doing, too, doing much. too much. They're doing too much. Exactly, right? like, exactly. You know. What about you, Drew?
2: Um, uh, I mean my answer kinda kinda parallels his. Uh, I, I think, you know, I've I've never kind of wanted to spread myself too thin. Um, you know, it's one of the phrases that I use, uh, and I don't know who said this, but um, uh, life is short Something is shorter And so in, in some ways You're like Yo I need to get this out I want to uh, put this out Or you know If you have an opportunity You want to um, You know uh, Strike while you You know What a common say Opportunity not But he ain't called Before he came and So you, you, you definitely Want to um, be uh, on point and, and ready When that situation comes And and so sometimes You feel a need To say okay I want to get this out Get this out But some, oftentimes You have to pull yourself back Because anything that I do whether that be a, a release of the clothing line or uh, like me and Hebrew um, have, have a product that uh, is going to be releasing in the early part of 2018 and or the joint that I'm doing with, with Lupe and hopefully Issa Rae, um, or even with the film, you want to put out quality product. And so you don't want to have, um, you know, too many irons in the fire to where your output is marginalized in a sense. And so that's one thing that I always try to be conscious of, and so that's hard to do the other thing that's difficult is that you know i've had the brand for going on two years now and um you know i get the yo you you too rebellious like you too you too serious and it's like hell like yo we need to be more more serious um you know because i people are like oh you don't smile and you don't do this and yeah like i'm just walking around here ready to kick it off um, but no, it's, you know, I, I'm, you know, smiling on the inside, I definitely have a love for the people, but I, uh, one of the things recently that has come up, a lot of people have been like, yo, why haven't you gotten any corporate sponsorship with what you've tried to do from a clothing aspect and from a film aspect? And it's like, yo, cause I'm talking about Emmett Till, I'm talking about Fred Hampton, I'm talking about Rosa Parks, I'm talking about you know, Jesse Jackson and MLK, like I'm bringing the in, in white supremacy when it's not cool to talk about. So, you know, obviously when the, the the Trayvon Martin situations of the world happen or the Laquan McDonald situations of the world happen, then it's cool to talk about race. Uh, uh, you know, put a shirt on talking about AK Breed with Eric Gardner. Um And this is not a shot at some people. Are the, no, it is a shot at some people in the athletes. It's like, yo, you just don't have to be uh um um active or yeah, you, you 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 know, the 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 revolution uh in a sense can't be fleeting. It can't be conditional. You have to be consistent. And I think with my brand I've I've always been that consistent with it. So when I sat down, like I sat down to talk about setting up a financial literacy program for the inner city children at Nike with some people who are kind of familiar with the brand, I think they were kinda of like, Oh yeah, you really do feel this. This is how, how you feel like, yeah, you know, this is not a front. I'm this is what the brand represents um you know because like conscious teas are in now that's one thing i put in the post and it's like no we i've been doing conscious teas like it's just not a fad this is serious like too many people died over this and and so um and so that's that's what that's what i've really been dealing with now companies kind of like ah you know yeah so. yeah how do you how do you re- how do you reconcile
0: or your love for the message itself with the fact that it can be commoditized, right? Because it's like, yes, we're happy. Issa Rae has a shirt on that says the FBI on HBO. The FBI killed Fred Hampton. We're glad that that happened. But that's my intellectual property. How do you reconcile that in your head, B? Because it, it's, it's good that conscious teas are a trend, right? It's getting a message out there.
2: It's It's good. I just... what i talk about is the uh because we're so reactive to everything because um symbolism usurps solutions because Mm. we're just satisfied with a march so like the protest is the end goal but like that can't be the end goal that could be kind of like a marketing strategy but that can't be the end goal and so it's and, and and so i think social media uh and memes and things of that nature can give the illusion that progress is being made so you might have those who then want to jump on it uh like oh no it's kind of being it's enough being done when no or if i do this post or i do this meme about maxine waters you know with a face crush like first of all and i asked I've, I've asked this is like do you know who maxine waters was no, nah, I'm like, well, she's with the U.S. House of Representatives, like she was speaking on the LA Rise to Iraq War. Like, yo, we because you need to know this so you can tell your daughters. And so she's just not a meme talking about reclaiming my time, okay? What does that mean in 20, 2017? But what did that mean? She, like, she's been putting in work for a lot of years, yes. Um, what want to say, uh, mass blacks and whites giving orders for mass slaughters. I want all my daughters to be like Maxine Waters. This is 99, she's been putting in work. Why is she just not getting love now? But getting back to the point. Uh, that thought did enter my head. It's like you're this, this, this guy out in L.A. This is not something you feel. Like this is something I feel. I, you know, I'm saying I've spoken on Fred, Fred Hampton. I give the breakdown. I have a look. You know, when I did the shirt, I got the blessings from Fred Hampton Jr., who was in. Uh, so when they came into the apartment, Mark Clark was sitting down. He came. They busted the door open. He was shot in the chest. And the only shot Because you know They said They were shooting back That's why The police said We we shot Because they shot It was only one shot And that's because When they Kicked the door open The reflex His gun went up And shot through the ceiling But all the other shots Were coming in And so you had Mark Clark Shot in the chest Gone Went in uh, Fred Hampton's I ought to be ashamed Of myself Um his lady at the time Was pregnant With Fred Hampton my, my Jr core. So yeah right mm-hmm. So I had a Three hour discussion With Fred Hampton Jr Received his blessings On the shirt And the only thing He was like Well can you change it To assassination But I showed him On my site like Nah I know Chairman Fred Was assassinated I just put killed Just really just for You know font purposes And how it looked On the shirt And things of that nature And so I received This blessing And someone I saw that I'm like, yo, this is a fad. When I saw that FBI kill Fred Hampton, like one, you took the concept from me. Two, I doubt if you really feel this. And so now that you're going to monetize on something which you weren't even going to put out, it's kind of like a, a slap in the face. And People are like, oh, it's a silver lining. You ought to be happy to message out. Yeah, I'm happy that the message is out. But in this game, and I think all three of us can attest to this. You want respect. You want credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there needs to be a level um, of um, um, uh, we need to re- to revere, or uh, we need to have some respect for being original. Like, yeah. yeah, you can put out the message of Fred Hampton, but you're gonna take my concept to do, to it. do it, and right. you're receiving, you know, applause and you know, economic gains in a sense based on something that you stole. No, I, I people say imitation is the highest form of flattery. no hell no. <laughs> I'm, I've never been flattered by someone. <laughs> Trying to imitate me within it's that sense. Now, my nephew, I don't have any kids, but a nephew trying to emulate or imitate what I do. That's cool. That's in a different type category. But you're doing something. You know, talking about intellectual property rights. I created something. I put out. You now put out something. No, nah, it's just. its I mean, I, I can go on forever. I, I don't you know, want nah, to come man, it's too. It's, <laughs> it's important too that we do
0: that, though, man. You. It's funny, man. You sound like a brother I know by the name of Chetunda Tillman. Mm. He was actually the actual creator of the movie John Q mm. Wow, ah. from Chicago that you know I mean? yeah. <laughs> from the crib, from the crib. Yeah. This brother. I didn't
2: uh, know that. I appreciate that lesson,
0: man. He He's from L.A. I mean, no, he's from Chicago, but he went to L.A. and was working with the Writers Guild. And he alleges in his book and he has pictures, documentation, the whole process that he pitched the idea of the story. He was like you know, a, a black man, because it actually happened to him and his family, this heart situation. And so it was based on a true story of his actual life. And you could see the tears welling in his eyes as he talks about it. And so I'm like, aside, just the human connection, I believed him. But then I started to look at the information in his book, the, the information, the book, the, the book is called The Nose of Men, The Yes of God.
1: Mm.
0: Forgive me, Shatunda, if I didn't say that right, but that, but that's the book. But he he had to go through this whole litigation process and still going through it because he said, okay, wow, that
2: was John Q. was what two 10 years, ago. yeah, long
0: time. A long time ago. I can't even remember over ten years ago. I want to say, and he said, and and it was funny because there was a magazine article where you know they interviewed the director and they were talking about how the the supposed director, the supposed writer, the white guy who who said he wrote it, and he was like, you tell me this, why would they pick? a black family to tell this story. When would Hollywood pick a black man to tell the story of a, of a heart transplant? But anyway, it just goes back to we will never be able to create our own economic base if we can't grab hold of our own intellectual property. That's why I salute folks like Levi Ball's dad because he he's trying to create his own and there is no black Nike. You can say Jordan, but the Jordan brand is nike yeah we have we, we we gotta go through these other resources so i guess my question is where do you see uh the instrumental brand um down the line through 10 20 30 years down the line and how can we uh, i guess at the same time by res- respecting your intellectual property how can we duplicate the process of establishing our own brands and creating our own you know circulation of our own dollar
2: um, You know I've been getting that question a lot With, with 10 years I'm I'm actually going to do You know a 10 year celebration I uh, just met with New Era uh, Four weeks ago Yeah it's been a month in New York Going to be doing something with them Obviously the homie Lupe is going to be involved Hebrew is going to be involved uh, ho- uh, Looking at, Been talking with J Electronica's people So you know definitely want to do that You know righteous I just don't you know, want to have a small celebration uh, But I don't want to spend too much money either Right so, You know probably be you know for the film by myself, paying for the celebration by myself because corporate sponsors. Um, you know, one of the things that I always try, like a lot of, the, you know, shorties hit me up or, or email me and it's like, you know, um, now I said a song was at 95 called Mixtapes. I used to sell Mixtapes, but I'm an NC, but on there they were like, money, money never really was a part of the rap. Pay was having people start to clap. And so, you know, I tell the shorties like, hmm. you always ought, you, you want to create, With that If the money comes It it comes But um, Yeah she finna I I quote a lot of hip hop lines I quote OC Times Up But anyway That's not it People
0: people quote Shakespeare We quote KRS One On this podcast man
2: That's that's how I learned As a shorty
0: man Quoting People like You always quote hip hop lines I'm like that's how I learned But Which is funny Don't lose your train of thought But I didn't know I didn't know Never spoken to you I didn't know how often He quotes MCs But I was literally Riding the knives on the way here just getting getting my mind right for the interview and I was thinking about how much you can learn from Nas just the lessons like I was it's literally yeah. our gospel. You know what I mean? Right. For those of us who didn't grow up with fathers, these were how you should handle yourself in the streets. The song, the setup, Let you know to watch your surroundings yeah. and be careful what women you trust. And- yeah,
2: what well, not say no sign of the beast and the blue Chrysler. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. No, nah, you can. Yeah, that's that's how I learned yeah. growing up, man. And and, and I, I you know I think it's beautiful that you you brought that up because um you know it, for those who haven't had uh, you know listened to the podcast. Listen to "Nature of a Threat" by Ras It's like a, mm-hmm. a freaking history lesson. Yeah. Uh, when Keras one head you must learn. No one told you about Benjamin Banneker, a brilliant black man who created the almanac. Can't you see what Karis was? So it's like, yo, I'm I'm learning about history through a rapper, the Public Enemies of the World, and them dropping knowledge, or even taking it back to. Uh, uh, um, the Gil Scott Herons
0: Yeah, we yeah. almost lost
2: Detroit in the history with, with that, and that. Or the last poets and things of that nature. So man, it's you know they speak and and that's and, and not a knock on the new artists, but I wish more new artists kind of you know kind of you know the, the righteousness is cool, but kind of mix in a bit more righteousness so we have some balance. And, you know, and the shorties don't think it's all you know right all that. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so kind of getting back to the to the point where I see it. You know I, I, you know, I always encourage the shorties to, one, you have to be yourself. Um, and and if you put that out, you know, it, it'll be fairly easy. You won't be trying to compromise. Um, and, uh, you know, two, try to have a message. Try to have yeah. s- some substance. and And that's what I've tried to do with the brand. Now, with that said, I'm going to be putting out less from a product standpoint and getting more so into to film. Mm-hmm. And also uh, public speaking. I just spoke at Morehouse. I, I spoke at D.C. with the Revenge of Emmett and Emmett Congratulations. So I, I want to you know, I can't be out here talking about we need to do this, this, that. And I'm not an active participant. So I want to uh, be more actively involved and kind of shift from um, um, the product, per se, and kind of have the, the as being the principal or the, uh, the kind of like the main output and ha- you know, if, if I do a speaking engagement or something like that, or you know, I just did the Juice Project with Khalil Kane, having the product be a byproduct, if you will, of the, the, uh, the event and whatnot. Of the engagement, so, yeah,
0: right. like the merch. Okay, I see exactly. the vision, yeah. I see so, the vision. Yeah, we, we, we could work on, on multiple levels on that. We were okay. talking before the podcast started about other things I knew, but a lot of speaking engagements and uh, panel moderations and such. But back to your point about just hip hop in general, um, I think the thing that frustrates me too is that the rappers that, that put out that righteous message, um it's such a dearth of it that i think we bestow too much credit on artists who just mention something conscious every now and then and all of a sudden he's like Yo, no no not to wale but he's not a conscious rapper in my eyes all. he's not just all. not negative
2: and what's the joint? <laughs> and what's the joint uh my, my homegirl radiance just put it and i've seen it before never before had never, never before has a generation been so celebrated for celebrating mediocrity Yeah y'all know what I'm talking mm, nah, Never I before it. I'm gonna have to pull it up Never before has a generation Uh, um, uh I wanna say celebrated this. I'm gonna pull it up but what it's pretty much Saying is we live in a generation Where Just minimal output If you mention something uh, Or your con- I, 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 I don't wanna quote it wrong But um
1: no, if you put out though, something
2: yeah. that if you you know you say you know Malcolm you mentioned Malcolm X name Marcus Garvey it's like oh you you dropping knowledge you doing this you doing that on, on a song and hold uh, oh, I'm gonna pull it up man. yeah I, pull, I yeah will no, pull it up I don't I don't want to quote it wrong and then we can we can uh,
0: we can go from there on. yeah yeah because I mean it's like I remember and, and I remember when Kendrick did High Power mm-hmm. that joint was crazy. Right, and I consider Kendrick a conscious rapper more or less. But his songs now, and this is not a knock to Kendrick, he's my favorite MC of this generation. But it's more so introspective. it's, it's more, you know, he he give you some things, but it's it's more so. But you can't compare J Cole to Nas unless you Hell give no. Cole a, a few more books to read on on these subjects. But Cole, again, I think he's one of the dopest leaders of our generation. But
2: Man. Yeah, it here it is never has a generation so diligently documented themselves accomplishing so little damn uh, and i think that's what you were referring to uh, uh, let me uh yeah and it's kind of like we we're celebrating uh minimal achievements and i talked about that earlier you know as far as um symbolism you know it, it's like we it's again it's the um the uh the Maxine waters meme it's like we ce- we just celebrate her. Uh, saying reclaiming my time, or you know, her with the facing, or you know, we celebrate. Somebody puts on a you know, and uh hopefully I'm not offending anybody, but like with Derrick Rose, like Derrick Rose, you're from Inglewood, so you know he put on the shirt. I can't breathe. Okay, what's your thoughts on that? He's had nothing to say. It's like yo, I need for you to be able. You simply putting on the shirt of Dwayne, uh, way to LeBron putting on the hood. Okay, what else? And so again, that's what that talks about. Uh, you're doing so little being celebrated just for that or, or somebody gives a speech at the war show okay cool what's after that if all we just gonna do is get drunk in celebration over that while at the same time celebrating ignorance well see we're too reactive and never before in the history of man uh in the struggle for fair treatment or liberation or freedom has anyone just simply been reactive like where do we think we're going to be by just simply reacting to something i.e with the um uh, the the Charlottesville, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, situation, man. It's like you know, it's it's what I call an invasion of the situation of revolutionaries. Um, uh, it's just like, yo, who you think gonna take you seriously if it, or, you know, if, if all you doing is 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 being reactive and not proactive? MLK, okay, proactive, Margaret Evers proactive, Adam Clayton Jr., proactive, Marcus Garvey, proactive. That's, I mean, we can go down the line. Here Tubman, proactive. They weren't reactive, and that's in a sense why we even sitting in buildings like today doing podcasts. Otherwise we'd be uh, getting our private parts cut out and uh, you know, they should shoot you in the head for not taking your name on voter polls or voter registration. So it's, you know, it's crazy, man. Man,
0: listen, I want to, I want to end on this note. Um, I think that that emphasis on symbolism is kind of, it's like a microcosm of American culture. America thrives on symbols. Look at the dollar and just look at all of the imagery you see on it. Right. And so like, this was pretty funny. It just came down my timeline. It's an older story, a few days ago, I think. Maybe a few weeks. But y'all seen the story of the police officer who told a nervous white woman at this, at this traffic stop, we only kill black people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so well, here's the question. No, no, no. Not just the of your not that you're not black.
2: Remember, we only kill
0: black people. So he just got fired for saying we only kill black people. Right. But Officers who killed black people. I knew you. I knew where you were
2: going. D.L. Hughley was speaking on this. I knew you. Yeah. Dude,
0: he he beat me to the punch. I'm like you. You he got fired for saying for
1: the symbolism man, for
0: the. You, you dig what I'm saying? So, I dig it. Rather bro. than the action itself.
1: I don't. I don't, man. It's, it's I think that all of us know, man. is we we just gotta embrace the harsh reality that it, it really ain't no riding the fence, man. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's we living in a. a, a we 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 residents in a land that's governed by by, you know, our former slave owners. I mean, people who formerly owned us. And I think that the the idea that um like I, I feel like you when you control the narrative is when you govern it. It's not, you know, no other part. Like I don't it's almost like freedom is, is like almost a falsehood if you're not governing the situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so if you, whatever you doing, like, I give you freedom to do what you do, but you still got to meet my checks and balances. Yeah. You're really not doing what the you fuck you want to do. So, like, is, is the idea of, like, police feeling the way they feel. We, we know who the first police officers at of this land were. It would be dumb of us to think that. That, it, like, is, is like, and, and I love when you speak about being proactive opposed to reactive. It's, like, the idea, when I hear things like that is is like, a term that I've never been big on is equality. Because it's like, who the fuck say I want to be equal to you? It's you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I never, I never, when I think about, like, racial equality, I, all I want is respect. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I'll take it from there. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's, That's all you got to do is respect me. I'm going to make sure my family's straight, my son good, my people good. we go going to build our own. We're going to put our horse blinders on. we go going to float face down in the mainstream. Mm-hmm. We ain't got to worry about what the fuck y'all doing in no way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. So, like... Like, when I hear stuff like that, yeah, that's sad. And yeah, but why Why would they do less than, like, why would they fire people who kill black people? Like, why would, it's like, it doesn't make any sense. Because it's like, at the root of it, it's not, you know, like, it's not a fair, like, policy. It's not like, it's almost like, it's, it's and I say this, and I want to make sure I say this on mic. Like, if the police happen to kill me, I'll be damned if y'all kill you ass up to somebody's job talking about some, y'all killed Merck, y'all bogus for killing Merck, Joe, y'all bogus as hell. That's some of the dumbest shit ever. Like, like, like that's like, a, you you getting whacked, and me and my homies go up to the nigga who whacked you job. He work at Jiffy Lube or some shit. We like, fire Timmy, Joe. He killed, he killed Drew, bro. He bogus himself hell for killing Drew. Like, what type of dumb shit is that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, there's it's, it's, it's the idea of being proactive in regards to protecting yourself. You know, first of all, protecting your mind. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's one of the things that I love spending time with brothers like y'all is like, it took a little time for me. I'm still regaining my mind. What I mean by that, like, I grew up in the Greens. I'm from Cabrini Green Projects. I went to public school. I, I had to sneak into college classes. So, like, a lot of when I hear niggas like y'all talk, it's like, oh, shit, motherfuckers know what they talking about. And it's like, it, this is information I got to get later in life. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And just coming up in in, in with not necessarily having access to that type of information and being that information, you know, at a young age. So, like, you spend so much time, you know, forgetting that JFK ain't that, ain't really the nigga that, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, Abraham Lincoln really want, you know what I'm saying, the motherfucker who he thought he was. Like, you got to delete all of that fucking shit off your RAM. And then, like, but when I say that to say, like, just imagine if you didn't have the, like, the freedom of thought that you got. Like, so when you hear, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, an officer says, hey, you know, we only kill black people. Like, I mean, my son is ten months. If I, hell, anybody born in ninety and up, that's all they've ever and you know watched. It's like, yeah, he ain't lying. We they do only. I had I had a situation. I'm trying to make it real brief. I'm going through my hood. Two shorties arguing. One like thirteen. The other one like nine. Merck, check it out, big homie. Check it out, Joe. Like arguing with this nigga, man. He don't believe me. The shorty nine years old arguing with the thirteen year old. telling him ain't if you get rich, white people can take all your money. Mm. You know what I'm saying yes. Yeah, and, wow. and that exactly in that terminology Like ain't if you get rich White people can take all your money I'm like before I speak Nigga had all type of facts to back it up You seen what happened to older DMX Anybody like ain't if you get rich They can just take your money wow. You know what I'm saying <laughs> And like so like he, he believes it you know what I'm yeah, saying And yeah. he got facts to back it up yeah. You know what I'm saying yeah. and he like looking like you know what I'm saying? This is he understand fully understands between like a popular black person doing drugs as a goofy drug addict in a making and a, a white person doing drugs as a rock star. Like he mm-hmm. distinguishes it early, early. It's like, yeah, right. this is that's that's what it is. That's Charlie Shane, that's that's DMX. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Right, <laughs> like, right, right, right. So like Yeah, you, and, and and like but if we not, you know, governing the land, creating an environment. Where people can see, you know, like mods and working environments, and being leaders, and 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 really controlling the narrative, and, and governing the narrative, like really governing, like in in all. It's, that's why it's so important how we deal with authoritative figures and making sure that we always control the narrative you know what i'm saying and, and that's not necessarily like even when it come to marches and i ain't big on that stuff because it's like if you just got police sitting around getting easy work money i got friends who are police officers who love to work marches because they feel it's the easiest money to make yeah i got you know, what I'm saying? Kid, know anything, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. like it's is like it's important that we always control the narrative in any like and in so very few cases you got brothers with their head on straight who who, who who are due diligent and, and righteousness Who are also controlling And governing the scenario mm. You know what I'm saying A police officer Walk up in here right now I'm gonna happily his ass up out of here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying mm-hmm. And hey bro You in the wrong place This ain't for you Right You know what I mean right, And right. it's important That like the shortages You run around Understand that like damn like yeah. these, these that, guys that shorty
0: understand that he's right and wrong at the same time yeah you know what i'm saying <laughs> you
1: can be right and black and yeah. successful yeah you know what i'm saying yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and like it's it's, and like in regards to that of course he feels that way he works for the police like yeah. you know what i'm saying like yeah, yeah that why why would he of course they like you know duh right right you know right. what i'm saying Y'all straight up straight up so my bad. No, there. no, that was perfect, man. Drew, no, you that's, got to jump no, in earlier. It, it
2: controlling the narrative is is a very important point that that you bring up. Um, it's one of the reasons why you know I did the film to kind of like you know let's introduce the African as as subject. Um, and, and you spoke to I want to you know if you can control the narrative, you can uh, you have more governing power, if you will. You can govern the narrative uh, in a sense, and I, I think that's crucial. I think it's, it's vital and, and pertinent uh, as we try to. To, uh, to elevate um One of the other things That you mentioned Is uh, Yeah I'm not necessarily A fan of equality As well That's why We right. put out that shirt I'm like you know, <laughs> So y'all just happen To put this out During Black History Month Right I got friends That work for Nike And Jordan And it's like Yo you not gonna Call these people Out on this right. Wait what show Accept this You know Nike Has the whole They did the whole Equality campaign That they launched right. In February Got you yeah. I missed that if whole you piece. Scene, yeah, if you're going to Nike Town down, yeah. Uh, I'm or, actually, I'm not, I'm kind of not a fan of Nike. I got on some Nikes right now, but I'm mean What else <laughs> yeah, I'm no, aware. I, but, I, no, wear. Yeah, yeah, okay. I like Nike, but wait a minute. The community supports to put some money in it on the Shut em Down remix, and I and I feel that way. And again, when you know why I met, you know, kind of met with them to say, no, we made y'all billionaires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are yeah. you going to give us? I don't want events with liquors. We'll be standing around chopping it up. You putting up a basketball court? No. What are you going to do with the kids who help build your brand? You there know, when you these go. kids are getting shot and your boy Jordan, yeah, wasn't saying shit about it. Right. Um, you know, what, what are you going to do for them? We help to amplify you. What are you going to do to ha- help amplify us? Not just from a sports component, and that's just for the elite from a sports standpoint, yes. but just the inner city kids who are breaking themselves literally for these sneakers and whatnot. And, and so, yeah, that's I'm not how receptive
0: were they uh, to that message?
2: Um,
1: Hit you with that I don't know. It was, it,
2: I didn't. I, did, I, I kind of used the Trojan horse um, uh, method. Like I didn't really think yeah. they would go for it. Like I wanted them to fund it. I mean, you, you know, when you buy stock in Nike, you, you know, or buy stock in Jordan, you buy stock in Nike. So that's right. what at the time was sixty dollars uh, a share. You got to you figure a pair of Jordans on average is like one eighty to one sixty. So it's like yo. What if we then, so here we got these kids Spending 180 to 220 Breaking themselves, what if they bought a share Jordan here, so now you're empowering Yourself, so now you're a part of the same Company who you're pretty much, you know When the kids, you you know, you riding the train You see the, the kids already got Nike in it So they're embracing Nike culture Before they're even embracing their own culture So what if we, so what if we had Ownership, although small, albeit Small, in the same company, what Can that do to empower us, number one Specifically, so and then on a the general scale, uh, what would that te- you know, how uh, 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 learning about financial literacy and just basic economic principles, how can that power you know the 10 and 13 year old that you spoke about? And how can that empower the kids that you mentioned to how then can that empower them so that they can make our lives better and their children's lives better, who you know, uh, and, and things of that nature? Uh, so how they heard me. Um, But yeah. again, once it once they elevate that to the top of the chain, they're not they not trying to hear that. Yeah. And, and it falls in line yeah. with their community objectives. I pull up their website. I'm like, no, y'all talking about this community. If you about the community, like do some shit, if you will. Yeah. Other yeah. than, you know, a basketball court here, you doing this. No, we demand more. And I tell my friends that are with Nike and Jordan, if they listen to the podcast, you need to hold these people accountable more. Mm-hmm. Like you just can't be satisfied with free sneakers or free gear or things of that nature you need to say no oh we're gonna do this event okay i need you to go to the west side i need you to go to the south side i need you to bring these kids down here not just this one time but on a monthly basis and we're gonna teach them xyz and and go from there and hold them accountable and say if not we're not doing this That's
0: powerful that's powerful man i just want to close on the one note man i like the word equity over equality right because i feel like equity said equality says everybody gets twenty dollars Equity says you started with 100, so you don't need that extra 20. Let's All give right. everybody else to bring you back to 100, Yeah, right? So, right. you know, it's important that we look at it that way. Like, as we talk about what reparations looks like, it's how do we make it, how do we make everything equitable? Because some of us were given 400-year head starts and the rest of us just started 20 years ago. Right. You know, right. people alive lived through Jim Crow. They
2: on third yeah. base. We, we, we right. ain't even made it to the baseball field. You know what right. I'm saying? We're so, still trying to get a ride.
0: Right. But man, that, that's, why, that's why I love this podcast. That's why it's so important that we control the narrative, create the narrative. When I talk to media students, ask, you know what's a tip what what can i do to get you know to get my foot in the door you know what i mean and my biggest thing is you it's what we're doing this on we're in an expensive studio instead of hooking up to the actual pro 2 system i got a laptop it's not even a mac this is a pc recording <laughs> on right now right man. right and we set it up and you do it so you you have the tools to create your own narrative and that's why i appreciate y'all for brainstorming with me drew from instrumental my man murph from complex 2010 uh we gotta do this again man we could have we could have gone on for hours and hours yeah so many many stories
2: to tell yeah yeah so So man i appreciate y'all
1: appreciate y'all having me man um drew i i definitely admire like you sound a lot we sound a lot alike when you uh use these these quotes man i like if it wasn't for some of these MCs, man, I, I wouldn't know how to solve some of the problems I've run into in life. So I dig, you know what I mean, your, your perspective on things. I find myself pulling from anybody from 3,000 to Elzada, out of whoever I'm digging at the time and answering a lot of life's questions. And T, man, you know, you, you, man, you, you the shit, bro. Man, you so cold as hell, bro. I definitely
2: appreciate that, man. I, I definitely like what you have going on uh here and as you were kinda giving us the tour, I'm like, okay, I need I know who I can refer uh-huh. uh you know to this brother right here. So I appreciate that and I appreciate what you know what you have going on and what you're doing and we're definitely gonna be building and hopefully me and you can be building. Indeed. Uh I mean the name of the game is to elevate. I you know, uh what tip said I'm gonna do another line. He said on uh We got the jazz. Said I don't really mind if it's over your head, but the job of resurrectors is, is to wake up the dead. So mm. uh that's what we gotta do. That's that's what we gotta do.
0: Uh give them, give them the Instagram so they can build with you and a, I, a website and all of that. All
2: right. Um so uh shout out to Issa Ray. Um <laughs> No nah, um I think you just blushed the, a little bit, man. What nah, I, right? nah I, I really like no, nah, I really like what she was doing, so I, I'm hoping yeah, we can do some comes. things. I just I, I don't respect the copycats um so the uh my social media is everything for facebook instagram and twitter it's at instrumental again the word instrumental with the i replacing that with the e e n s t r u mental the website is www.enstru-mental.com but if you go on to google and type in instrumental or if you go on to google and type in fred hampton shirt uh you know my joint to come up um want to throw that in there so definitely um uh, be sure to you know check out the brand. Um, again, I'll be releasing the the film soon. I'm be coming out with another uh, doing the ten year anniversary. Uh, coming up, got the event with Lupe coming up in Hebrew. So definitely, uh, um, uh, stay tuned. That's what's indeed up. indeed. Mark, I be staying tuned with you, man.
0: Um, man, Mark is a ghost. So I was gonna give out his Instagram form, but uh, I don't uh, even man. know if he wants that to happen. <laughs> nah, I don't it's, know.
1: it's it's all good, man. It's, it's all about the facility, man. Um, 2010com That's c o m p l e x two zero one zero dot com um on social media just just hit the plex man on that cmp zero one zero um on everything Facebook Twitter Instagram man you know hopefully we had these doors open um we looking like early fall um grand opening of new facility and you know, i man, look forward to helping y'all facilitate those dreams. That's
0: what's up, man. Appreciate you. What's the brainstorm. Brainstorm <laughs> with
2: Doma T,
1: a podcast
0: sharing ideas on hip-hop, news, and politics, politics. with celebrities, thought leaders, and other brainstormers.